and gentlemen to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon. Joined as always by the Hobbs to my Shaw, it's Captain Tibbs. And I punch real good. That is right, Tibbs, and we got some boys who are getting ready to do some punching tonight because we got two main event caliber matches happening tonight when two JXT originals, the Jebeduk and Gazi, go face-to-face, and then, of course, our main event of the evening, champions versus challengers, challengers versus champions, as Robert Hill, the JWF champion, teams with Cyrus Crane to take on Chuck Gibbons and, of course, the captain's champion himself, Scotty Moore. Well, Sills, it looks like we got a jam-packed night full of action and excitement here. These are these are pay-per-view quality matches. That's right, and as you can see in the ring right now is the Nightmare staring toe-to-toe with the Jebeduk, who is back in the ring after an absolutely historic victory at Wrestlepalooza. When Tibbs, he didn't defeat no Ham and Egger. He didn't defeat no first-timer. In his first-ever Wrestlepalooza match, the Jebeduk defeated the god of the JWF himself, Momoa Curry. And so that's no small feat, absolutely not Momoa Curry. He likes to think that Wrestlepalooza is his night, but it was not the case this year. That's right, and that bell goes ding, and look at this, Tibbs. Both of these men just circling each other with like hawks, and Gazi is just staring down Jeb. And Tibbs, let me tell you, Gazi, this kid has had a chip on his shoulder damn near the entire year. And the problem is, when he gets in the ring, he can't put that chip to good use. In the past, you've had these guys who were jaded, had these guys who were upset, and they were managed to turn that into success. And in my opinion, Gazi has not been able to do that yet absolutely not especially when you're going up against an enigma like the Jebeduk you don't know what's going on in the Jebeduk's mind because nobody does and Gazi he's not gonna be able to be ready for what the Jebeduk's got if he's got that chip on his shoulder that's right but it looks like Gazi does not give a damn about that just rushing the Jebeduk with those fists I mean the kid is like an absolute pit bull but ooh, Jeb immediately laying him out with an STO and now look at this Tibbs Jebeduk going out to the crowd having fun with him Tibbs looks like Jebeduk has just come to have fun but I don't know if the nightmare has come for the same reason no, Sills, not at all. I don't know if Jebeduk is underestimating Gazi right now, but I can tell you, it is a dangerous thing to underestimate Gazi when he's this incensed. That's right, you can see Jebeduk getting up on the top rope, playing to that crowd a little bit more, and ooh, Gazi just kicking his legs out from underneath him, and he just falls face first into the turnbuckle before the nightmare, ooh, snapping him over into a headlock, and just, oh my god, jabbing him over and over with those hands, tips, Gazi proving he is not to be disrespected tonight. No, if Jebeduk was not taking Gazi seriously before, he certainly is now. That's right, and you got to think about the history of Ghazi and the Jebeduk. Didn't really come face-to-face to face that much down in JXT. In fact, the first year of JXT, Jebeduk walked in as the JXT heavyweight champion. Meanwhile, Ghazi was chasing the tag titles the whole year. Never was able to get that victory. Meanwhile, he got to watch guys like the Jebeduk earn those successes, and you know that has to be a part of that jaded attitude that Ghazi's been bringing. 
of course, Sills, he sees everything that he feels like he should have attained in JXT in the Jebeduk. That's right. Now, look at this. Jebeduk finally getting back to his feet. Gazi still holding on to the headlock, but, ooh, backs him up into the ropes, shooting him off. The Nightmare picking up some momentum, and, oh, my God, went for that massive crossbody. But Jeb catching him out of midair and dropping him with a massive backbreaker, going for the pinfall one. Two! Oh, Gazi kicking out, but Tibbs Jeb looking undeterred, going to the top rope. Tibbs, how often do you see a big man go high risk? I don't know, Sills, but watching the Jebeduk sail through the air is like watching a, a fantastic heron fly sideways. That's right, but wait a minute. Oh, unfortunately, flying did not pay off. That is why they call it high risk. Gazi getting the knees up before, wait a minute, rolling him up. One! Two, two, Jebeduk kicking out right before the three count, but it looks like the nightmare not done, just snapping away on the arm of the Jebeduk before... Oh, no, Tibbs, look at this, Gazi, he's got it. He's trying to snap the arm. He's trying to snap the arm of the Jebeduk, but no, Jeb, Jeb turns it around, turns it around, he rolls Gazi up, and oh, my God, drops him with an emphatic powerbomb, a one-armed powerbomb at that, Tibbs. Of course, Sills, the Jebeduk, he, for his size, he may be skinny, but he is powerful. That's right, but now look at this, Jebeduk bouncing off the ropes, going for that beautiful senton. Ooh, straight to the gut, but wait a minute, Gazi just turns it into a pin. One, two, ooh, Jeb out at two of that crucifix attempt, but Gazi picking him back up, going for it, going for the bloody eagle, but Jebeduk, Jebeduk's ducked down, beautiful backslide, got the nightmare pinned to the mat, one, Two. Oh, Gazi just barely having the wherewithal to kick out. And Tibbs, look at the face of the nightmare right now. He's went for every big move, and Jebeduk has found a way to get his shoulders pinned to the mat as a result of every single one of them. Absolutely, Sills. It looks like the Jebeduk's got Gazi's whole moveset scouted out ahead of time, and he seems to have an answer for everything right now. That's right, and now Gazi looking pissed. Oh my god, just slapping Jebeduk across the face. And Tibbs, you know that's got to be a mistake because Jebeduk has got him by the throat. Got him by the throat. Oh, beautiful choke slam in the center of the ring. But Tibbs, I don't think the Jebeduk's finished. He is going to that dark place. That place we've seen him go before. That beautiful crab walk across the ring preparing for the Duca world. But Wait a minute, Tibbs, look at this. Gazi is rolling out of the ring. Well, what's going on? I don't know, Sills. Uh, good move on Gazi's part, but I, I didn't think that he was cognizant enough to even roll out of the ring. But he, he looks like he's broken away from that Duca world. That's right. Now you can see Jabaduck just walking over those ropes, looking upset. When, oh, my God, what the hell? Tibbs, that's a... That, that's a fire extinguisher. Gazi just blasted Jebeduk straight in the skull with that fire extinguisher. This is a DQ victory for the Jebeduk, but at what cost? I don't know. So that Gazi, he didn't even he didn't even try to go for the win after a certain point. He, he just decided he was going to end this via DQ and attack the Jebeduk. That's right, in the center of the ring, the Jaded Nightmare just beating the absolute hell out of the Jeb one, but... Oh, Tibbs, listen to that. The music of Papa Bliss, and it looks like business has picked up, and Gazi's bills are coming due, because Papa has come home to roost.
Indeed, Sills Papa is ready to lay down that punishment on Gazi, his former tag team partner and protege. That's right, getting in the ring is Papa Bliss, but oh my god, Tibbs, Gazi! Gazi just sprayed that extinguisher in the face of Papa Bliss. That, that could have blinded the man. What the hell is wrong with this son of a bitch in the ring? I don't know, Sills. I think, I wonder if Gazi wanted this to happen from the very beginning. He knew that Papa Bliss had his number. Maybe he just coaxed him out with that DQ against the Jebeda. That is right. It looks like Gazi just doesn't care. It's just assaulting Papa Bliss outside of the ring before... Oh no, Tibbs, look at this. He has got him hooked. He's got him hooked. Beautiful bloody eagle directly down onto that fire extinguisher. And he's got Papa Bliss bloody. Th this is the man's former tag team partner. This is the man who adopted Gazi when he came into JXT. Took him under his wing. Said, I would take care of you no matter what. And then this is what Gazi does to him. And so if you don't just drop somebody on a fire extinguisher like that, if you like him, if you care about him, that is a move for an enemy. That could have cracked Papa Bliss's skull. That, that could have that could have just completely taken him out of commission. That's right. You got to think Gazi ruining it. What was an absolute barn burner of a match just to try to get one over on Papa Bliss. But speaking of barn burners, Tibbs, why don't we talk about that match last week? The Roanoke Boys versus the Hard Americans with the winners going on to JWF Resurrection to face off against our tag team champions, Bananas and Pajamas. And... The Roanoke boys shocked the world when in their second only match managed to get a victory over a well-seasoned tag team in the form of the Hard Americans. Absolutely, Sills. I would have to say that as a tag team, the Roanoke boys are growing in leaps and bounds every week. That is right, but their opponents, the JWF Tag Team Champions, Bananas and Pajamas are backstage right now, so why don't we hear what the champs have to say? Ladies and gentlemen, Dad the Don McDonald backstage here with the men who are set to face off against the Roanoke Boys in just a few short weeks at JWF Resurrection. Bananas in pajamas. Now, boys, I know you faced him at Wrestlepalooza. How do you react to the Roanoke Boys earning this rematch? Oh, you, you're serious right here. You're serious now. How do serious. we react? How do we react? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So how do we react? Could you think of a better question here? Okay, Joey, have we really not gone over this? Oh, let me tell you something how we react. And that's with a big old not gonna happen. Because you see, bananas in pajamas are currently on vacation. Well deserved. And we ain't even gonna show up to Resurrection because we've proved ourselves. We've defended this title and now it's time for us to relax on top of the mountain. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry, boys. I hate to interrupt. I'm actually getting a, a message from Captain Tibbs and it actually says, you're defending those damn titles, boys, and the Roanoke boys' victory makes them number one contenders. Deal with it. XOXO. Oh, 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 we see how this is, don't oh, we? Yeah, don't we, Joey? Man. The old man's always riding this. Trying to get us to do the show every week like it's our job or something. Well, you know what? 
Listen, I appreciate it. I really do. Okay, okay, okay. Because all this does is tell me that Captain Tibbs knows the truth about bananas in pajamas. He knows that BNP equals money. And when we're on the card, oh, and when we're on the card, you know, everybody's going to be tuning in to watch us win. And they're going to be really tuning in when they realize they're going to get to see old Johnny and Joey get to work on those couple of mooks, the Roanoke boys. But wait, wait, wait a minute. How, how are we going to do it, Johnny? Oh, hold on. It's coming to me. It's coming to me. Uh, uh, false count anywhere. Ah, not as too crazy. All right, all right, all right. How about, uh, oh, heck in a sec. Oh, too violent. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. Hold on. It's oh, it's right there. It's right there. It's forming in my brain place. Oh yeah, an exploding barbed wire death match. Oh, an excellent idea, my brother from the same mother. So how's about this, Roanoke boys? Next week, you send one of yours, and we send one of ours, and we have ourselves a little preview match. And whoever walks out of there with the big old W, which uh, you know is gonna be B N P. Oh yeah, they know that. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah, yeah, they yeah. Will. Mm-hmm. And whoever wins gets to pick the stipulation. And boys, let me tell you something: you better fight hard, cause if you don't, it's Bob Wire City, baby. And explosions! Oh yeah, baby, we got a guy up in Canada, he makes like real good bombs. And he's gonna explode all over his, that's right, baby! Yeah! It's gonna be great! Good night, babe! Ha! Tibbs, did they say exploding? No, don't even repeat it. Don't. Don't. Sills? Sills? They know the other guys did it, and it didn't work for them either, right? I don't think they watch wrestling, Sills. I I don't think they do. All right. Well, Tibbs, why don't we move on to two women who absolutely breathe, sleep, eat professional wrestling, and that's the two women who will be fighting for the JWF Women's Championship at Resurrection. Val Curry and a blast from her past in the form of the warrior princess, Ayana. Well, Sills, like you said, another rematch from JXT. These two have fought each other so much back in the day, back in our developmental territory. Now they're bringing this to the main roster. And Sills, I can tell you, from watching the videos, watching the past, it's going to be explosive. Not not exploding barbed wire deathmatch explosive like the real kind. That's right, but I mean, let's not forget about their history. Ayana was undefeated in JXT. Val Curry's first night in the company, she managed to defeat Ayana. But then when the title was on the line, Val Curry could never get it done. But Val Curry did get that win at expiration date earlier this year over Ayana in order to earn her spot in the main event of Wrestlepalooza for the JWF Women's Championship. So both of these women, in my opinion, have a lot to be fighting for going into this match. And Sills, as I said, it, it is a clean slate here in the JWF Women's Division. Those wins and losses in the past, they don't matter anymore. What matters is this here and now, and we are going to see it. 
That is right, Tibbs, and the warrior princess herself, Ayana, is in our ring right now. So why don't we hear what the warrior princess has to say? The JWF Women's Champion stood in this ring last week and said that I disrespected her when she was in JXT. She invented some narrative about being in my shadow and claimed that after she defeated me, I did everything I could to keep her hidden away. Well, Val, I have a message for you. The only disrespect I saw in JXT was your pitiful performance. You've made it no secret to the JWF universe that your incubation was a troubled one. You started out your time in developmental with such fire, we were all excited to see what you could do. And you failed us. Every. Single. Time. Every moment that the crowd would stand up in excitement, ready to watch you win the championship, you would fail them. And here you are on the main roster, still blaming everyone else. You blame our coaches for not teaching you properly. You blame me for hiding you away in my shadow. You even blame the fans for not supporting you. When really, what you need is to look inside yourself. When I lost to you, it wasn't an embarrassment. Unlike you, Val, I don't consider a loss an embarrassment. I consider it a privilege. A privilege to stand in the ring with someone on my level, someone who can teach me where my limits really lie. You did exactly that when you debuted. But after that, you never really found your footing, did you? Now somehow, you found yourself with the JWF Women's Championship, an incredible honor, and yet you consider it a burden. All you can see is a target on your back. Well, Val, I've got news for you. I am an expert marksman, and it's no secret that when I really want it, that JWF Women's Championship is coming home to me. Well, Tibbs, a uh, clear shot across the bow there from Ayana. I, I mean, she made it clear. Val Curry, you got a chip on your shoulder, not unlike Gazi. And if you don't get it off your shoulder, th that title's coming home to her. And let me tell you something, I may have to agree with her. Of course, Sills, you can be become blinded by your own by, uh, by your own rivalries. You can become blinded by your anger, by your seething rage in, in a blood feud like this, Sills. And let me tell you, it never works out if you can't move past it. That's right. I mean, speaking of a man who in the past few months has been distracted by a brutal rivalry with Blake Tanner, a rivalry that cost him his captain's championship. Why don't we talk about the Dylan, a man who we have not seen since Wrestlepalooza, that epic triple threat, the fight boys imploded when the Dylan faced off against Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore with the JWF captain's championship on the line. But we have not heard from Dylan since then. Of course not, Sills. I, if I was the Dylan after after suffering uh, that, that that almost humiliation, he he didn't lose, but he still didn't win. That is right. But he is currently backstage with one of our top interviewers. So why don't we hear what the Lord of the Smart Side has planned for the future? <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Honeypot Big Juice Boy here with the Dylan. A man who we haven't seen since his loss at Wrestlepalooza to Scotty Moore in that epic triple threat match for the Captain's Championship. Dylan, welcome back, and I've got to ask you, what's next for the technical spectacle? 
Okay, let me stop you right there, Honey Magoo. Let's get one thing straight between the two of us. I wasn't beaten during that match. Scotty pinned Blake in that match. I wasn't pinned. I wasn't submitted. I wasn't beaten. I just wasn't in a position to win the match. So, fair play to Scotty. See, Scotty, Scotty suckered Blake in hard. Played right into his insecurities, played right into Blake's need. You have the big show, the big move to end it all, and then the opportunist that he is, turn the tables at the last second. So, good play to him. We'll settle that score between us another time. See, that's not the biggest thing on my plate right now, Honey Pocket Sticker. See, the biggest thing on my plate right now is that I have a problem. See, the problem is, at the moment, there are two wrestlers who are unpinned and unsubmitted in the JWF. Now, one of them's me. You know who the other one is. And you know that I can't have two people with that title. See, it's Highlander here in the JWF. There can be only one. And if I want to establish myself as the king of the mountain in JWF, especially since the start of Ignition, then I need to make sure that I am the only one who is unbeaten. And I will hold that title. Well, Tibbs, that sounds like a clear message right there from the Dylan. He says there's only two men in this company who have not been pinned and not been submitted. One of them's the Dylan, and the other one's in our main event. And Sills, I would say that's a pretty obvious trajectory right here, so I think I know where we're going with this. That is right, the unpinned and unsubmitted JWF World Heavyweight Champion Robert Hill teaming up with Big Cyrus Crane to take on Chuck Gibbons, who of course will be fighting Robert at Resurrection, and Scotty Moore, Cyrus's opponent. And Tibbs, let me tell you something, if you put me in a lab and asked me to build you a team of two hosses that could run through an entire tag team division, we'd be looking at them right here with Robert Hill and Big Cyrus Crane. I'd have to agree with you, Sills, but we, we do know that there's a little bit of animosity between Robert Hill and Cyrus Crane. They are two of the biggest guys in the yard, and we're going to see tonight if they can work together or if they're going to let their, uh, or if they're going to let that animosity between the both of them break them down. I mean, let's not forget, I mean, the first J JXT champion, Jebedook, you know who beat him? Big Cyrus Crane. You knew who beat him? Robert Hill. I mean, tonight we have had the first three JXT champions wrestling, and now, damn, two of them are teaming up against Chuck Gibbons and Scotty Moore. And let me tell you something, I think Scotty Moore is going to be the one to look out for in this match, because the other three, they're JXT champions. They're developmental guys. Scotty Moore is a proven man. He's the second triple crown champion in this company, and you know he's definitely going to be trying to prove himself tonight. Absolutely, Sills. All three of those guys, uh, JXT Originals. Scotty Moore's baby right there, JXT. He's going to have to prove himself with his own boys tonight. That's right, and that bell goes ding, and you can see it looks like Scotty is starting off the match wanting to prove himself against Big Cyrus Crane, getting a little preview of Resurrection right now, and oh my god, Scotty tried for a collar and elbow tie-up, but Big Cyrus just tossed him across the ring like a ragdoll, Tibbs. How, how, how can Scotty get past this? 
I don't know, so Scotty Moore, he's already getting tossed around like he's nothing in this match. That's right, and now wait a minute. It looks like Scotty trying for some technical wrestling, ducking behind. He's got him in that hold. Might be looking for a, a slam, a suplex, but oh, unfortunately, just gets hip tossed once again by Cyrus Crane and tips. Cyrus hasn't moved. He's not moved from that spot. He has just been the unmoving object that Scotty Moore just can't get to see, get can't seem to be passed. And still, as you see Scotty Moore, he's trying to do all of these power moves. He's trying to unseat Cyrus Crane right now, and I don't think that's the best course of action right now. You're going to have to wear him down before you can do anything to Cyrus Crane at this moment. He's going to have to use his technical ability to do something about Cyrus Crane's uh, unmoving nature. That's right. Oh, that might do it. A big kick, but unfortunately, Cyrus stays in place once again before grabbing Scotty by the throat and, oh, just tossing him into that turnbuckle before, oh my God, a massive splash sends Scotty to the mat and, oh no, Tibbs, look at this. He has got Scotty more laid up underneath that turnbuckle. He's climbing up. What is he trying? I don't know, Sills, but that is in Scotty Moore's career. Looks like Cyrus Crane going for an earthquake. That Vader bomb, but no. Scotty rolls out of the way. Scotty rolls out of the way, and Cyrus has been sent coccyx first into the mat, and it's given Scotty time to tag in the number one contender, Chuck Gibbons, the man's man who has just taken it to Cyrus Crane. Good move on Scotty Moore's part. Move out of your opponent's way. Get him off kilter, and then tag your partner in to do the real damage. That's right. Now look at this. He's trying to get him up for those suplexes. That's what uh, that's what Chuck Gibbons is known for, those back suplexes. But unfortunately, Cyrus tossing him across the ring once again. But, ooh, went for another splash. Gibbon gets, Gibbons gets out of the way, and it allows him to, oh, hit a beautiful German straight down onto the neck of Cyrus Crane. Goes for the pinfall. One. Two, ooh, kicking out, and that was a wise move from Gibbons. Allow him to hit the turnbuckle, use that reverse momentum to land a beautiful German suplex, but, oh, Tibbs, it looks like he is not done. It looks like Gibbons is not done. He's setting up for that Olympic slam. Tibbs, there's no way he can lift up this man. I don't know, Sills. This is Chuck Gibbons we're talking about. He is very deceptively strong. That man knows how to use his opponent's weight against him. That's right, and you can see him picking him up, trying for the slam, but unfortunately, ooh, that back gives out, and it allows Cyrus to just, oh my god, slam the fist down into the back of Gibbons, sending him to the earth before. Oh no, Tibbs. I know Gibbons has been waiting to get his hands on Robert Hill, but I don't think he expected to have his back smashed in, his spine broken, and to be laying on the mat when he did it. Not at all, Sills. This is the worst possible position you could be in when Robert Hill enters the match. That's right. And oh my God, look at this just stomping away on the body of Gibbons. Robert is slowly and systematically dissecting the number one contender in the center of the ring. Oh, before picking him up in tips, he may be looking for a massive suplex. And I mean massive when Robert Hill's involved. But wait a minute. Gibbons, Gibbons, schoolboy, one, two, oh, kicking out is, is Robert Hill, and you can see Robert looking furious, but oh, Gibbons with a crucifix pin, sending him to the mat once again, one, two, oh, Robert getting out, 
And now, oh, look at that, Tibbs. You can see Robert is done playing games. Gibbons, he, he told Robert he was going to be out wrestling him every step of the way. But right now, he's got him picked up for a gaslighter. But wh what the hell? Inside Cradle! Inside Cradle! One, two, three! Wait, what the hell? Wait. That's Lawrence Whitney! Lawrence Whitney, the manager of Big Cyrus, just pulled the referee out of the ring. That was a damn three count. That could have been a three count. That could have ended it right there, Sills. That could have been it. That could have been Robert Hill getting pinned for the first time in this company. But Lawrence Whitney pulled the referee out of the ring. That is right, and look at this, Gibbons not giving a damn, just going after Lawrence Whitney as Robert tagging in Big Cyrus. You can see Whitney and Gibbons just beating the hell out of each other, but wait a minute, look at this, Tim's, uh, the referee is distracted with them, and Robert has just gotten a steel chair, what the hell? I don't know, Snuff, what is he going to do with that? We're still in the middle of a match. I don't know, but oh, look at that. Scotty Moore stealing that steel chair away before, oh my God, cracking Big Cyrus over the head with it before, oh my God, Irish whipping Robert to the outside. He just landed on Lawrence Whitney in a heap. And now Scotty Moore off the ropes. Beautiful tope suicida wipes out Robert Hill and Lawrence Whitney. Meanwhile, oh, Tibbs, Tibbs, look at the ring. Look at the ring. Gibbons is there. He's there, beautiful Olympic slam, down onto that steel chair, goes for the pinfall. One, two, three. Well, so that was a fantastic effort by the team of Chuck Gibbons and Scotty Moore. Even after interference from Lawrence Whitney, those two were able to not only uh, wrestle control of the match away, they pulled out a win. That is right, and also, if you were Chuck Gibbons, you gotta think about this. He, this whole time, he's been bragging about being out, able to out-wrestle Robert Hill, being able to get him down to the mat. In this match, he proved that he can out-wrestle Robert Hill, that he can pin those shoulders to the mat for a three-count. Now it's just a matter of if he can move on to Resurrection and do exactly that. I don't know, Stills. This might serve as a wake-up call for Robert Hill. If he's got any sense in his head, he's going to know that that almost ended his undefeated streak right there. That is right, Tibbs. But before we get to Resurrection, we've got one last episode of JWF Monday Night Ignition coming to you live next week. And of course, as announced earlier tonight, a member of the Roanoke Boys are going to face off against a member of Bananas in Pajamas. And the winner gets to choose the stipulation for their match at Resurrection. Oh, it's going to be great, Sills. As long as... The bananas in pajamas guys don't win. Um, then, it, then it will be disappointing, and I can tell you that from experience. That's right. In addition, we are going to be hearing from Papa Bliss after that brutal assault from Ghazi earlier tonight. And most importantly, finally, face-to-face, -face, Val Curry comes toe-to-toe -to -toe with the number one contender, Ayana, ahead of their epic clash that Sunday at Resurrection. Well, Sills, I can't wait to see it. That is right. But until then, remember to support the JWF at patreon.com slash a load of BS or pick up merchandise for your favorite superstars at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. 
Do we have mugs yet, Sills? We should have mugs. I think we may. I think we probably have mugs. And until next time, he's been Captain Tibbs. I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Monday Night Ignition. And we will see you next time.